Hey everybody and welcome to episode six. Is it six? It it's is six. Yeah. I'm just gonna say it is. Of uh, Critical the History of Pro Wrestling Video Games. I am your host, Mongo, joined as always by my co-host Lager Busa. And as always, how you doing, bud? It's been a, an interesting week. I'm I'm pretty good though. I mean I've downloaded a whole bunch of UWFI this week, so that that's left me feeling pretty good. That's uh I mean, there's there's a lot worse options for watching wrestling than uwfi i have almost every show on dvd shout outs to tape did you watch um, the uh, bushido shows no those are like the like weird english com versions that have like russian subtitles or whatever right yeah well they used to show those on um i think originally they were on pay-per-view in like 1998 and then years later they used to show them on uh, espn classic canada oh um the shoot wrestling pay-per-views i think were like actually done during that era because the the Takata and Vader match, I remember reading the Observer, like that had to be cut from the pay-per-view because Vader was in WCW at the time. Oh okay. and they didn't want their world champion shown doing a job. I've never seen the US pay-per-views though. I'd love to. I could have sworn they released one of them late and it had like because the, the commercial I think had Goldberg's theme song Invasion playing during it. If I remember it correctly. That's insane. Yeah. I, I just know like the December ninety-three Jingu Stadium show aired relatively recent to when it happened and i think the 94 uh june 94 budokan show with takata versus albright aired in 94 as well because jeff blatnick's on commentary for for those and he's like a pretty important figure to like the ufc during the like mid to late 90s we're gonna talk about wcw games this week and i realized one of the big errors we made was we really tried to cram like 30 years of wwe games into like two podcasts (laughs) we we probably shouldn't have done that because i think how we're going to handle wcw makes way more sense today we're covering the three fci games the pre-nitro era as it were that's wcw for the nes wcw the main event for the game boy and wcw super brawl wrestling for the super nes there is arguably two good games here depends on your your outlook but before we get there there's like a shit ton of news this week uh compared to last week and I guess we might as well lead off with Fight Forever because we always do. A French retailer, who I don't have the name of them in front of me right now, um, updated their listing for Fight Forever to have a February February 28th, 2023 uh, placeholder, which as everybody knows, when it's like a month and the last day of the month, typically it's a placeholder. Uh, the 28th, I believe, actually is a Tuesday, though. So that that could go either way. We knew around about February was going to be the launch window because the PlayStation Network database had it listed for February, uh, literally the day of the THQ Nordic showcase. And we also got, you know, one of those 30-second character previews for John Moxley. Not really a whole lot to it. Like, you see his entrance, he jumps over the guardrail. Uh, he did the Paradigm Shift. I'm sorry, not the Paradigm Shift, the Death Rider, because it's the high-angle version to Darby Allen. I think a flying clothesline to Adam Cole, and then you see him pinning jungle boy on the outside of the ring oh and a gotch pile driver to uh orange cassidy so not not a ton and there hasn't really been anything else said or noted about the game otherwise i uh um, you see the moxley trailer yeah how do i see this 
I kind of wish they didn't release it because we're at the point now where they could go, you know, they could they could put so much out there. We, we've seen more from fans or fan videos than we have seen from actually AEW. And just yep. putting out a small trailer like that is really frustrating because I'm like, because it's like, oh, John Moxley showcase. I'm like, okay, I mean, well, maybe this is a few minutes to show off his different his moveset and everything, maybe a few weapons here and there. And as you just that's said, what I was expecting. Yeah, and as you just said, he has a, a few pieces of his entrance. He has some more clips that were already in the previous trailer. He has the the uh, Death Rider, but come on, guys! Like, <laughs> give us a full match or something. They haven't they haven't done that since the demo at uh, God. What, what I keep forgetting the name of it. Gamescom. Yeah, exactly. Um, and as I said, there's yeah. been more footage from the the fans at the Tokyo Game Show, so we need more now. I was actually uh, hoping you would you would go that route with the I wish they wouldn't have shown it because I'm in the same boat. We got the trailer at Full Gear. Well, we got the trailer fucking midnight Saturday. Yeah. Um, to me, the Moxley showcase they, they did is something you do like... It, it's the same style uh, reveal they did for Nyla Rose and Chris Statlander back in May. And people were not happy with that then either because you saw as much of their entrance videos... Not the entrance in the game, but like their Titantron or the equivalent of the AEW equivalent of a Titantron video as you did the actual gameplay. And after, I think that was the first shit we'd seen since Darby and Jungle Boy at like All Out weekend. And it's like, you made us wait eight months for that. They could have been doing these trailers this entire time. Absolutely. I think if they were going to do anything on All Elite Arcade, and, I've, and I'm, I'm going to be completely honest here revealing anything via that twitch show is a terrible fucking idea i love evil uno i love nyla rose i did not need 10 minutes of banter and then them quote-unquote analyzing the full gear trailer where they they didn't even they thought the fucking adam page threw a water balloon at jericho and it was the fucking bottle of bubbly or whatever and they they go like Eva Luna went from saying like I don't really know anything to like oh there's a bunch of stuff I know about but I can't talk about and it's like in the optics of doing these streams from a fucking hotel room instead of like that cool little arcade in Jacksonville where they were doing you know the ones during the Daily's Place era it just makes everything so low rent and when the two hosts for the block aren't really clued in and like you have them answer questions but they they can't answer a lot of stuff. Like, why was the first thing we saw after that trailer not a preview of, like, the Lights Out match? Why are we not seeing the fucking exploding barbed wire match? That's been advertised. The retailer leak, it's on the website, but it wasn't in the trailer. Are, are, you, waiting, are you waiting for, like, Winter is Coming to do another preview for the game are we going to be getting like weekly looks at the game on all you know what i don't mind the 30 second character previews if it's going to be a weekly thing on all the arcade but i'd like something more substantial especially now the si article with kenny omega and granted this is this is kenny talking to them but they mentioned the game was ready to launch we have an esrb rating now typically that comes along fairly late in the uh the development process it's probably it's probably past time to go full court press. I understand the brawl out thing happened. You can't advertise punk anymore. They probably had a lot of stuff in the chamber with punk and you got to go back and re-record all the shit now. But I, I mean, if the game's launching in February, we're going to be getting a release date. If, if the THQ Nordic two month window holds, we're getting a release date in the next couple of weeks. 
and it doesn't make a whole shit ton of sense to me to not start showing a lot of stuff. Yeah, I think the the Moxie video to me was most comparable to a 2K roster reveal. You know, here's a quick look at this character, then we move on to the next one. It didn't make sense to advertise it separately as a, hey, he has a, a Moxley trailer per se, because there wasn't much to it. It's something that you put together with other stuff, you know, to add on top of it. And you talked about how, like, low-rent AW Arcade videos are. I think the, <laughs> the worst example of, like, for Fight Forever is, do you remember the one they had with uh, Chris Statlander when they showed off her? And she completely <laughs> fucking no-sold being they, announced for a video game. They were like, isn't this cool you're in a video game? She's like, I don't care. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, Justin Leeper pointed that out, like, it, that's, like, horrible PR exactly. to have somebody, like, just completely shrug it off. I get that, like, they said there were travel issues with Nyla, like, she couldn't get to the room in time for the the thing, but, like, fuck me. You, <laughs> ask Statlander before you start fucking rolling how she feels about being in a video game. If she doesn't really give you a response, fucking have her just sit off to the side so you can sell it. Like apparently she knows getting an action figure too. I guess I dude, people process things differently, but like the optics of that, especially and again, it's in a hotel room. It just it makes everything look so fucking low rent. And it's not like she's raving. Where a response like that would have made more sense, you know. Her part of her character has never been like, oh, I don't care about anything. So it was very bizarre. And yeah, it made the game look bad. To be honest, it. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. I think. I think them being, they're not radio silent anymore. That would be disingenuous. In the last week, we've gotten two, two videos of the game. But if the game's launching in February, you kind of want to be hammering everything home before the obvious happens, which is WWE 2K23's hype cycle starts. And contrary to what the rumors uh, were, we didn't get shit this week. And I'm thinking back to the 2K22 hype cycle. Things didn't really... Like, there was the teaser at Mania, the teaser at SummerSlam, and the teaser at Survivor Series in terms of official information. Mike Straw was reporting tidbits all along the way. But the real push for the game didn't start until right around the Royal Rumble because we got that Mysterio and Damian Priest video. I want to say like mid-January, late January, or was that early February? It was It was really close to the game's release, and they promised a full match, and it, it was obviously not a full match at all. Uh, it was very carefully edited to make the game look a lot better than it actually was, but I think I've seen some people saying like this is cause for concern. If, there's, if the yearly hype cycle is going to be the rumble through release, that's fine. I, I don't really think there's a reason to do... Especially since 22 was well-received relative to 20. You don't have to do like a long PR campaign for this one. You're not trying to redeem yourself necessarily, yeah. if that makes any sense. No, absolutely. And I'm curious to, as to see how much is going to be changed from 2K22 because it was well-received. You know, obviously there's going to be some roster additions, ones that were actually removed from 22. But what else do they have planned? I'm sure they've got more like my faction and all that bullshit. But what are they going to do for showcase is my main thing. But yeah, I don't think there's any cause for concern right now. You know, as you said, they'll probably start ramping up around Rumble and probably release March, April, I'd assume. My guess is going to be March. Um, so say the fight forever, February 28th release date is true. Do they 
do they drop the game March 7th just to really... Because, I mean, they did drop the game the first week of March this year. Second week of March, I'm sorry, dropped March 8th. I don't think it's going to matter much to them. I hate to see it, but I think, like, you know, as far as seals go, 2 key will probably, you know, trample all over AEW. Oh, yeah, I don't think there's anybody that expects Fight Forever to do comparable to to the WWE game. I do think that game does well, though, just because it's... It's the first, and you'll probably do very well for the first. Well, I hope they realize that Game Pass is a really good idea, so they get that all sorted out, and it does actually go up there. Yeah, for sure. I I almost posted a poll on Twitter, like, what do you guys think the realistic number is for Fight Forever in terms of total units? Because again, and I bring it up a lot, TNA Impact shipped more copies than they had people watching the fucking TV show. That game similarly was on almost every platform like Fight Forever is going to be. Fight Forever also has the benefit of, like, people have nostalgia for THQ. People are seeing that Ukes, when they have a more concise, clear direction, they can produce something that actually does look exciting. And people are nostalgic for the old SmackDown vs. Raw games, and Aki nostalgia has been a thing since, like, those games first went away. We're, like, almost 20 years into that cycle. You know, 850? 850,000? Sounds logical. It sounds reasonable. Oh, I don't even want to Especially... Especially, oh, I'm, I'm going to eat a bunch of shit when it doesn't do that many, but I think it's realistic just because, like, listen, if fucking, if 2K22 really pushed, like, 2.4 million or whatever the number I saw a few months ago was, you you can't convince me A50K is unrealistic for fucking Fight Forever. No, I, That's all I, I'm going to say. I wouldn't say so. I'm, I'm interested, too, like, let's see if the gameplay is great and everything, what we expect. I wonder if the review scores will be the you know lower because of stuff like community creations not included um, yeah um and the the lack of match types even though you know they're not as that fun to play like steel cage and stuff like that i think that's gonna affect the game overall when it comes to like the general public and reviewers i think yeah it's going to be criticized for a lack of features because fire pro was yeah you know that was one of the things in fire pro beyond the graphics is like there's not as many match types it doesn't have the fucking... It didn't have Fire Promoter on launch, so people complained there was no universe equivalent. Which I don't I don't like universe being considered like a GM mode equivalent. They're fundamentally... Di- universe was originally intended to be like an open-ended, customizable season mode like from the early SmackDown games. It's goddamn broken it's, anyway. It's not GM mode. You use that and you'll, you well, lose your entrances, so... It's been broken in one way or another from the fucking beginning. Yep. I think I think the reviews are going to be something like great gameplay probably needs a little modernization which no I'll, I'll take I'll take I'll take my wrestling gameplay classic actually I'll say this too like I know they've talked a lot about like oh we we don't want this to be a yearly thing we want to update it whether you agree with the the mods are fun or not stuff like a steel cage match that's expected so I don't think updating fight forever unless you can include more game modes, which I don't think they would do, is really going to work out the way they would want it to. I think you're going to have to have a sequel to add these modes that people expect. Potentially, but also, I think it was Mike Straw reported they, they were looking into like expanding match types as years went on. Okay. But I, imagine I, how big of a fucking patch that's going to be for something exactly like a cage too. match. That's huge. Yeah, that's... I mean, if they can figure out a way to make a cage match fun to play, goddamn, I'll pay money for it. Uh, also, unfortunately, we have to talk about Ultra Pro because the tweet hit my timeline yesterday. No. Uh, I know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get fired up this week, really. Um, 
I saw like a tweet about like we want to monetize our YouTube channel. Can you monetize videos using like the Austin theme and the Triple H theme and that ECW video with fucking Taz and RVD? You could probably try, but they'd get stricken for copyright. Then they wouldn't be able to. So no. Yeah, funny how that works. Yeah, that's that's it this week. For anybody <laughs> expecting another rant, I'm sorry. Um, Their interview with Dre did drop last night, right? It did. I did not watch it, though. I have not yet either, but maybe we'll have something to talk about next week in regards to that. Uh, yeah, I'll have you watch it. Like I like <laughs> I said last week, Dre is a super nice guy. He's always been nice to me anytime I've ever talked with him or asked him a question. I don't like how he softballs everybody, because he doesn't... Realistically, when you're a YouTuber, you don't want to make anybody mad. I don't give a fuck. I have no skin in this game. Uh, but he softballs everybody. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it a listen, see if there's anything interesting in it. Speaking of Dre41, though, uh, he is working alongside Virtual Basement with the Wrestling Code, which uh, Crystal Marshall, who most of you may remember for the Viagra-induced heart attack on Teddy Long angle in 2007, um, uh, she is signed on to the Wrestling Code. For everyone else, it would be the ECW strip poker episode of ECW on Sci-Fi. I don't remember that, unfortunately. Well, you um, missed uh, a great deal. I'm, I'm going to have to look it up. Uh, also, I think it was Thanksgiving. They they revealed models for... And I'm, I'm literally going to go from the biggest star to who the fuck is this. Uh, we saw Ultimo Dragon, who's basically in like his SmackDown Here Comes the Pain attire. He looks It fat. looks like... Yeah, it looks like... It looks like Ultimo hit up a couple of... Uh, couple waffle houses on his way to that shoot i think it's based on like it looks like they're basing it on current ultimo and like he is a little heavier now but really really need to tighten that guy up i think it's a lighting honestly just the the angles and the lighting on it makes him look a bit bigger than he actually is when i saw it i was like yeah i guess that looks that looks about right for for modern day ultimo he was amazing and here comes the pain actually so well, he did do his own motion capture. Actually, that one like side profile of him, he doesn't look that fat. No. I, I think, think it's just the, the front angle. He looks great, though. Uh, we've got Zach Gallen, who was removed from Here Comes the Pain, famously, uh, because they couldn't make that work. I said it on Twitter. You have to redo a lot of animations for them to not look awkward if somebody's wrestling Zach Gallen. And this is by no means me saying don't put him in the game. Have him in the game. It's fine. But you've got to do a lot of stuff differently to make the concessions for that particular character. And it's going to require a lot of animation cleanup and a lot of going back and fixing a lot of things. And again, with everybody doing their own motion capture, that creates a whole problem where you're going to have to like tailor every one of those characters' animations to Zach Gowan. That sounds like a nightmare, both financially and in terms of like the man hours it's going to take to make that whole thing possible. Uh, we saw Cabana Man Dan, and let me get this out of the way because I've already done it. Stop fucking advertising no name indie guys. I don't give a fuck that it's easy for them to do motion capture. I don't. I don't give a shit about this guy. I've never heard of him. I don't fucking care. Stop. Uh, then we had Fala. Cabana Man Dan, the guy that had that huge giant title that is bigger than everyone that that holds it. Do you want the independent wrestling title? Maybe it is that one. I don't know. There's this is one title that keeps coming up in pictures and it's absolutely huge. And I think the first time I saw him, he had that title. I certainly hope not. Um, 
I don't understand the point of constantly advertising guys that nobody's actually fucking heard of. No, not when you've got like people like RVD and Kurt Angle and Sabu and, and DDP and the Sandman. Doesn't make any sense. Uh, we saw Fala Ba, who uh, was in Impact for a while. I don't know shit about him. I just know that he wears the Yokozuna tights and Mawashi combo. Me too. That's about it. I. Uh, I have no idea if he's any good, but his character model looks cool. Yeah. So there's that. Uh, we saw the grayscale model for Christy Janes, who I think has done AEW dark work. I don't have like a real frame of reference, but it, it looks it looks good. Who was the other? Oh, uh, her name is Becca, but the E is a three. I don't get it. I don't know. I, uh, I don't know who she is, unfortunately. Uh, she's also done work on AEW Dark. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> that, was, that was about it. I don't think there's anything... Oh, they, um, they're aiming to have the biggest roster ever. And in the same tweet where they, they mentioned that, it was cited, not everyone will be day one, though, as it's been super expensive and ambitious to have everyone do their own motion capture, but it's something that is important to our team. I, uh, I'm curious what the launch day roster is going to be because a lot of people are dragging... Uh, fight forever. Evil Uno, actually, I'll say this. Evil Uno said there would be over 50 wrestlers uh, day one in Fight Forever, and I saw a lot of mocking that roster size. People don't understand 50 characters is a fucking gigantic roster for literally any other type of game. Yeah, like a, a fighting it's, game with 50 fighters? That'd be crazy. Load up Marvel vs. Capcom 2 for the first time after years of playing like Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat. And your fucking brain will, like, fall out of your ears because there's, like, a shit ton of characters to choose from. Fighting games don't have gigantic rosters. Wrestling games... And, it, and it's another thing where there's been one game for so long. Like, yeah, the 2K games can have, like, 150 fucking characters because they have all those years of models to work with. And also, take fucking Steve Austin and skin, like, three different vests for him. Congratulations, you have three Steve Austins in the game. And they all count towards the roster count. What is Virtual Basement? They have to beat 327, right? Because that's Fire Pro Returns. I don't know how many they've got signed signed on now. Um, it's, I think it's definitely got to be the largest li- the roster of licensed wrestlers. So. Yeah, I know, I know Fire Pro Returns is the big one. I mean, the M. Dickey games, and we'll talk about that in a second. But like, I'm, t- I'm talking wrestling games that are actually functional. So it's got to be Fire Pro Returns with 327. Casual Pro mentioned testing three-player online matches and that it exposed a lot of bugs. I think that's the only substantial update they've had in, like, weeks, though. I don't know. It's good that they're testing that stuff out and they're finding new things. They really seem focused on, you know, putting out a quality product from what I've seen, so. I just want the animations to be faster. Yeah. It's, like, my only thing. It's very, very floaty. Maybe they could have something like um, Fire Pro where you could, like, game speed you know that'd be cool that's a suggestion yeah uh retro mania so i've i've been checking on them the last several weeks trying to find like any sort of thing to throw them in because they are they are one of the bigger indie wrestling games and they also have shipped and they have a roster of licensed wrestlers there hasn't been an update like a patch for that game since june we're still supposed to be getting like story mode dlc and james storm and mr hughes and I haven't seen, and, and it might be on like their, I didn't check their YouTube, full disclosure, but I haven't seen any indication of when we're actually going to be getting that stuff. And for a game that costs as much as that one did, like day one, like, hey, it's nice, you're patching it, but how about that fucking post-launch support, man? 
I think maybe the idea for that game was too big for its britches. I don't know how it sold, but like even through my you know usual people that I that I speak with or follow, I haven't heard anyone really talk about the game since its launch. I myself haven't played it, so I don't think there's really an audience for it right now. I think it for the as, as far as the DLC goes, you know, it, as you said, it's been a while since it's been released, and I don't think anyone's really keeping up with Retromania right now. Do you think part of it is the game took far too long to release and the price point might have alienated some people? Yes, and I also think that as great as WrestleFest was, it's not suited for modern consoles and, and a modern game, really. It's fun, you know, as a retro ex- experience, especially the original WrestleFest, but something like Retromania, part of the reason I haven't bought it is because I'll, I can see myself being like, playing one match and being like, well, there's not much else to do. Like they at one point they talked about creator wrestler, there's no creator wrestler, so there's there's not much variety, right? Yeah, and also I don't like that you have to like build up to your bigger moves. And if you accidentally press like the medium strength button in a grapple, you automatically get countered and you lose meter. I hate that shit. I think Every looked at, at WrestleFest and said, this is a great game, we want a new version of this, and then we got a new version of this, and everyone was like, oh, well, we don't really need it after all. So, <laughs> also, It I, could I be. I think if the price point was lower... Yeah, and I think the, the roster was disappointing. Looking at the roster, there's, there was no one I was really dying to play as, so... Yeah. Yeah, it's... I mean, hey, cool, you can play as the Road Warriors... There's like nobody for him to fight. I mean, all the best to them. You know, I I think the fact that they had it, they actually did it, is a huge accomplishment. But it it's I think the time has passed. Uh, Bastante Bueno Lucha Libre. Literally right before we started recording, dropped a video of Mara Viosa, who is a high flyer who mixes that style of wrestling with '90s Kings Road. Uh, Really cool, impactful head dropping animations here. Very cool looking character. Uh, their Twitter handle is Luchador UE4. Uh, by all means, go check that out. This game looks amazing. Yeah, it does. Um, not much to say about the gameplay other than what you just said, but every time they release a new update, new video, um, it looks better and better. So I'm really looking forward to checking out the next update. We were going to talk about M. Dickey adding soccer balls and skateboard free roaming to Wrestling Empire, but I'd rather just talk about WCW games. Okay. I, I, I can't see his stuff anyway because he blocked me forever ago. So I did play UWC before we get into the WCW games that actually released. That game is neat. It's a prototype ROM you can get uh, if you just Google it. I'm not going to tell you specifically where to get it. It's an unreleased game from 1989. It was developed by fucking i think they're called like seta s-e-t-a uh the roster is insane uh you have the midnight express of bobby Eaton and stan lane you have rick flair sting lex luger jimmy garvin and the road warriors that's the whole roster graphically very neat looking wrestling game the hud takes up the top half of the screen like fucking wrestlemania for the nes character sprites it, it's weird that this game parallels the wcw game we actually got in that it's black trunks colored tights like everybody's jerry lawler yeah i was thinking like mil mascaris as well yeah terry funk i could not figure out for the life of me how to do moves moves just kind of kept happening all of the animations look great this game i think also even though it wasn't released it's the earliest example i can think of of a wrestling game having a fucking sunset flip because bobby eaton hit me with one 
and damn near beat me. Fun little game, but I actually like the game we got a lot more, which is uh, WCW World Championship Wrestling for the NES, a localization of Superstar Pro Wrestling for the Famicom. This game is interesting because obviously being a localization, they more or less, they just head swapped a lot of people. And so you have things like, I'll tell you who the, who the WCW roster is, and I'll tell you who they're replacing. Lex Luger is Antonio Inoki. Ric Flair is Giant Baba. Mike Rotunda is Jumbo Saruta. God, that's an insult. Kevin Sullivan is uh, Tenyu. I can see it. Um, Sting is based on Choshu, which means I think Sting is the only person in this game who has his actual fucking finish. Rick Steiner replaces Akira Maeda. Ricky Steamboat replaces Bruiser Brody, because why not? <laughs> Road Warrior Hawk, who is in the Japanese game, is not just Road Warrior Hawk. He is replacing Stan Hansen. Michael Hayes replaces Road Warrior Hawk. Dr. Death Steve Williams replaces Big Van Vader, which checks out. Uh, Eddie Gilbert replaces Abdul the Butcher, which again, checks out. And Road Warrior Animal is the only one in the game who is unchanged. So this game allows you to play singles matches and tag matches. And it has the standard beat everybody, win the championship. I've never played through the tag team mode to get to the the final boss but the singles mode in wcw at the very end you come face to face with the wcw master who is andre the giant with a giant machine mask on in superstar pro wrestling for the famicom it's just straight up andre the giant in the singlet um the gameplay is honestly ridiculously simple you have a punch button and a kick button your punch has shit range you'll never end up using it so you just mash the kick button. Three kicks drops your opponent to one knee. You walk up to them, and before each match, you're given the ability to basically pick your character's four grapple moves. Each character is a different list. With Sting, my go-to is Pile Driver, Cobra Twist, Boston Crab, and the Double Arm Suplex. You assign each one to a D-pad button, and when your opponent's kneeling down, you walk up to him, press the button and the kick button, and it'll bring up a meter. And the idea is. You hold the button down until it gets as far on the meter as you can, and then you let it go. That's the strength of the move. It's a little wonky to get used to at first, but, like, the first time I played the game, I got the hang of it, and, like, by the end of my first match. It's a unique system, I think. I don't think any other game does anything like it. When I uh, when I played it recently, I, to- I totally forgot about the whole meter thing, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? I remember just finding this really hard as a kid, and we'll just watch my brother play it. Um, I used to think the WCW Master was supposed to be Big Van Vader, but as you just said, it was Andre the Giant. Um, it's a neat little game. I, I love that Steve Williams is in this. Yeah, it's it's a neat little roster. I, I wish they had you know better people than Michael Hayes oh, and yeah. Mike Rotunda, however. I will also say, I discovered this game in 2002 on Gartu's website. If anybody's a Longtime Wrestling Figs member or just member of the collecting community. You likely remember Gartu's website if you were ever interested in Bendy wrestling figures. He had the Bendy Mecca, as it were, on his website. Super cool guy. He had like a nostalgist section and he, he waxed nostalgic about the WCW game. And I ended up finding a website that had a ROM of it and played the hell out of that game for a whole weekend. It was, uh, it was pretty cool. It's it's not. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's better than pro wrestling because it probably isn't. It's absolutely not better than Tecmo World Wrestling, but I mean it's it's better than 
all but maybe one of the WWF games, depending how much you like WrestleMania Challenge. Oh, I have to note this. When you go outside of the ring, there's a chance the audience throws a fucking wrench in for you to use as a weapon. Hell yeah. So I think this game might be the one that starts the trope of the fans handing wrestlers weapons in Japanese wrestling games. And that make no mistake, that's what it is. The WCW game, they changed the ring skirt to have WCW on it, but it is it is unmistakably a New Japan ring, which is a theme in two very prominent WCW games later. And now we move on to, I believe, 1994. Actually, uh, for before the, we move on, oh? because I saw you talking to uh, WCW Worldwide on Twitter. Shout out to WCW. Oh, we gotta. Because he rules. We do have to talk about this, yeah. The um, alternate cover, well, which really wasn't an alternate cover, it was Sting. The original cover of the game had the Road Warriors, but WCW Magazine, and I saw this too when I was a kid, I had these magazines, showed a cover with Sting. And I was always confused, like, is that a real thing? But it turns out it actually wasn't. It was because the Road Warriors had left for WWF. And this was like an internet urban legend for years that people had a copy with Sting on the cover. And the only evidence anybody could ever find is that magazine scan that WCW Worldwide posted. Another fun fact about this game is that the cover appears in an episode of Mr. Bean. Um, and it's the episode where he's in, I think, the hospital or maybe the dentist office, and there's a kid with a comic book, and on the back cover of the comic book is the Road Warriors from this game. Huh. There's a little I never fun knew fact that. for you, yeah. And now on to WCW, <laughs> the main event for the Game Boy. <laughs> I don't know how to follow Mr. Bean any other way. No, you can't. Um, I did not know this game existed either until 2002. I was, uh, I was on the internet, just look, I think it was VG Museum, looking through the game's on the Game Boy listed W to see if there was a WWF game I didn't know about. And I saw WCW the main event. And O2 was when I went through like my WCW nostalgia, like it had been gone for a year. And I realized like, oh fuck, there's only one company on TV. I, I want to, I want to relive like, want to relive my childhood as I'm fucking 11 years old. That's kind of my mentality. It's, it's insane. So I was like watching like 94 WCW tapes that we had had, either ones we recorded or when I was a kid, a guy that frequented the bar that my parents uh, bartended at, he, he called my house like, hey, bring your boy up here. I got something for him. And it was like a paper grocery bag full of fucking tapes. It was amazing. I have no idea where that guy's at now, but shout outs to Mike. So my mom bought me this game off of EB Games website for $9, which if you look at how much the game costs now, it's like 30 or $40 for the cartridge. Just the cartridge. In the box, it's ridiculously expensive. Gameplay is very simple. You have like a punch and you can you can do like a little grapple. And if you press select when the icon is at the bottom of the screen, you can do your finisher. Vader has a power bomb, but it's really a power slam, which is something that happens in the next game that we're gonna talk about. And also, much like the next game we're gonna talk about, Vader's in a fucking regular singlet. He doesn't have tights. And I just wanna say, for the record, on the record. That's really fucked up. It is. This game also has Steve Austin in his only WCW game appearance. Which is weird because he's in the menus in, in Super Brawl. That's right, yeah. I like this game. Um, it's very fast. When you lose a match. It is, yeah. I I like that fucking post-match you'll see people on like a stretcher with their arms kind of like dangling. That's a really grim picture of what happens when you get beat by Big Van Vader, I guess. It's it's a Game Boy wrestling game. It's not better than HAL wrestling, but in terms of the licensed ones, 
the only WWF game I think I'd put over it's the original Superstars. Superstars, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 an okay little game. Unless you're like a really really big WCW nerd like I am, or you're a big fan of Game Boy wrestling games like I am, you can probably skip this one. That brings us to Super Brawl okay. for the Super Nintendo. I wanna say that my first note on this game just says sucks. And then I've got terrible animations. Tony Schiavone does the oh, commentary. Yeah. But you're likely only going to hear him say like stuff like, he's got him up, because it repeats that a lot. The crowd seems to boo when you jump on the top rope, which may be, I don't know, a sign of the rules in WCW at that time. I don't know. Um, oh, no. It's, the game probably started development in 92 when that shit was like a DQ. It's probably not even a, a boo, but it, that's what it sounds like. It's it's weird. The game actually itself, um, when you're playing the game, it sounds like you're wrestling in a hurricane. Yeah. The referee yeah, the sound counts. design is not good. Oh no, it's terrible. The referee counts uh, three very fast. There's, it's also true. There's a ground like a, a roll to get up, like or, or like a sort of a weird kip up sort of thing. Sometimes it looks like you're humping the ground or you're humping the air. It's very strange. Um, the game has three falls as default unless you go into the options and make a single, which I, if you're going to play this game, I'd suggest doing, because you don't want to play three falls. That just makes the game longer and you want to get out as quick as you can. And last thing, so there's these little red things on the outside, and I guess it's supposed to be like garbage or something. When I was a kid, I thought these were objects that you could pick up. I didn't know what it was, whether it was like bubblegum wrappers or TNT or whatever the hell it was. But I spent forever as a kid trying to pick up these things. And like the animation when you're about to do a move, sort of your wrestler sort of leans over. So I was like, oh, is he going to pick it up? And he wouldn't do it. I didn't know what they were supposed to be, but it always distracted me and I hated it. But yeah, this game's terrible. The only good thing about okay. the game are the rants at the start on the select screen. Yeah. So I, I loved this game when I was a kid because it was WCW. I th- it starts off well enough with like the mode seven control center shit zooming in on the screen, in the menus. It's it's a little like ultimate challenge being the fucking like career mode gimmick. I think is a little weird. Actually, it might not even be that. I didn't even play that this time. I just loaded up Super Brawl, played four matches, and was like, I got all I need. Um, you are finished. Who does I, fucking, why is Ricky Steamboat so aggressive? That's I don't know. Enough. Because he's um, getting divorced, that's why. And she was taking all of his money. Yeah, it was probably like number two or three at that point for him. But uh, I love the roster of the game. Steiner oh, yeah. Brothers, Ric Flair, Vader, Fantastic. Johnny B. Bad is the one negative to the whole thing. Dustin Rhodes, uh, Barry Windham's in the game with his fucking one appearance he made in 1994. Invincible. It, it all, it's all perfectly nice until you start playing. And then the game is a fucking mess. Uh, you touched on it. The animations are terrible. One of the worst Scorpion Deathlock animations ever because the they animate each wrestler individually. The worst elbows in a wrestling game, the worst dropkick. Vader does a power slam. He's also wearing a fucking like burgundy like singlet. <laughs> It's not a bad-looking wrestling game. Like, if you just see, like, a screenshot of two motherfuckers standing in the ring, it looks perfectly fine. It's when they start moving that everything goes to shit. Whenever you do your finisher, your character's rant, like, your character will just pop up in the box from the select screen on the screen <laughs> and say their shit. It's, it's frustrating because I own this game complete in box. It's in a protector. I have, like, a super soft spot for this game. It is it is a worse game than 
probably any other game we're going to cover. Because at least the next round, we're going to be talking about Thunder and Nitro. There's at least good animations in those games. There's no good animations in this game. It doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like a WCW game. It feels like a wrestling game that somebody started and then like it feels like Beam Software started this game and then FCI was like, oh, let's do business with WCW again. And instead of like doing what they did the first time and finding out what wrestling games are being made in Japan and just cherry picking one of those and making it a WCW game, they had these motherfuckers do this game and it's not it's not fun. Like you, YouTube the game. Like it's the, you'll get way more fun out of it than than playing it. And it pains me to say that because like I I wish the WCW game was better than the WWF games on the Super NES. Yeah. But unfortunately, you have to wait until the next generation of consoles for that to happen, and then the gap in quality is uh pretty staggering. The early era of WCW games is weird. The first game feels like such a throwaway, but it's like the best game of the three. And they don't make another game for years, and it's a Game Boy game that kind of feels like a throwaway, but it's still a perfectly fine little game. Super Brawl was one I remember they adver- like they would run the lower third in the corner like AEW does now for Fight Forever. Like they would do that all the fucking time on TV around the time the game came out. I remember they made like a really big deal out of it, and it's just not. It's not good. Yeah, it's it's a bad game. But you to know be what sure, it was? Thirst for high impact. That was well, my, that was uh, my favorite round. I don't know why, but Brian Pillman saying that always cracked me up. Well, in terms of making a first impression to all those new fans that Hogan brought in, they had no second chance. That's no Dustin Rhodes. It's not yeah, it's it's uh, Rick Steiner, not Gene Snitsky. Um, I love WCW, but goddamn man. Yeah, I don't know what the hell they were thinking with this game. Almost unreleased. Yeah, well, I mean, the Tenu game made it out in two different regions. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> how the fuck? How the fuck did they not just like license the All Japan game? How do you not just go grab like Natsume and be like, okay, we're gonna recolor Giant Baba to be Sting? I mean, those games were fun. The New Japan games were less. They weren't as fun, but WCW had a relationship with New Japan, so even if they could have got something like that, would have been preferable over this bullshit. The New Japan games, I never really figured out the gameplay. They always made me feel dumb. They were a bit tough. And uh, the All Japan games were definitely a lot more fun to play. Yeah, because the All Japan games felt a little bit more like Fire Pro. That's why I think I liked those games a lot better. Also, I I love the New Japan roster in those games, but the All Japan game has Stan Hansen. And it's and it's more pick up and play. Like the old Japan game, you can figure it out quite easily what you're doing. And it's a new Japan. It's like as you said, I never really figured out what I was supposed to do. I do have the PC Engine CD version of New Japan Battlefield '94, by the way. That's a nice pickup. That's uh, you'll never get to play it probably, but oh, contraire, my friend! I found a PC Engine CD emulator in 2007 when ah. I got that game. And my my whole thing was because I I don't remember if Hercules is in the Super Famicom version, but I was like, oh man, it's got Hercules because I'm a big fan of Hercules, and uh, yeah, I played that game for about t- two minutes, and I was like, ah, oh, it's actually worse than the Super NES version, Super Famicom version. I'm sorry. I think it's like in the Super Famicom version. When I think about it, maybe you're wrong. Yeah, you know what? Actually, I got Battlefield 94 for the Super Famicom like a year or so ago. 
and felt like a massive fucking dumbass because I turned the cover over and right there he was. Oh, god damn. Well, we should talk about those New Japan games at some point. Next we week's going to be THQ. Not, not necessarily, well, THQ era WCW, obviously, but uh, Nitro era games. So we're going to start with, is Versus the World the first THQ WCW game? Yeah. Yeah, so it'll be that through the last one technically is Nitro on the N64 and PC. And I, I know I mentioned to you on Discord we could potentially um, lump that together with Thunder. I completely forgot Nitro for the N64 and PC doesn't have the gimmick matches Thunder has. Oh, really? It's, so it doesn't have like a cage match and stuff? It doesn't have the cage match, and I don't think it has the Battle Royal either. Why so it, it literally is just... It's literally just Nitro. Well, nobody did. I remember that game sold like fucking terribly. That game's literally just Nitro, but with Thunder's roster and no rants, unless you buy the PC version, which... Good luck getting that thing to run now. Oh, yeah, I know. We're going to get into figure talk momentarily. Uh, so for those of you who don't want to hear us ramble about action figures, now's the time to uh to bid you all adieu so power town the legends line the little legends line that could they showed off the test shot prototypes this week of stan hansen bruiser brody and Vern ganya as well as opened pre-orders back up on black friday and that stan hansen figure it's a test shot so there's no paint on it it's they literally just this is to make sure the molds work correctly that hansen figure might be my favorite wrestling figure of all time they look at as advertised yeah, they're like one to one of the renders. There's like no detail lost, which I remember that was a big thing. Like we're gonna see what these look like in production, and l- comparing those to what I remember of the New Japan Super Seven test shots, which the same price point, forty five dollars. The Power Town stuff looks so much better and looks way more worth the price point because they're not hit like hedging their bets on like we're going to have soft goods for all these guys and they're going to be premium soft goods. Meanwhile, the figures look like shit. I'm sorry. I have, I have both series. So I have, I have a lot of skin in the game as it were with the new Japan stuff, but the power town stuff looks amazing. Vern Gagne looks great. Bruiser Brody looks awesome. Yeah. After looking, I'd at the, love to see the rest of series one. After looking at that Brody, I was like, God damn, I should have ordered that figure. Well, I mean, they're, they're back yeah. until December the 6th. Canada shipping. Shipping. Yeah. Mm, brutal. I I I'm in love with that line. I was just listening to um Greg Ganya on the Gimme Back My Pro Wrestling podcast. And he dropped a couple of names on that that were signed that I don't think anybody's mentioned, like Jack Tuck and Briscoe, who's only wrestling figures at like the ass end of the classic superstars line. So it's a, it's an expensive figure now. And I mean this figure from Power Town would be better if they would just, you know, make it. So hopefully we get Jack Briscoe uh, as soon as possible. And hopefully as soon as possible means Series 2. We did get a whole bunch of, like, independent figure line news from WrestleCade. Fig Heel did a uh, a panel. Uh, Do you want to start with the Rush Collectibles stuff? Or the, uh, I suppose it doesn't really matter, does it? Rush Collectibles, who are the company that are making like nine different lines of figures, all of whom from the digital sculpts are terrible. They have me blocked on Instagram, probably because I said this shit looks terrible. They showed off a mock-up of the Ringmaster's Extreme Blue Meanie figure. For those who are uninitiated, it's a tribute to the San Francisco Toymakers ECW line. My biggest thing with the Meanie figure, other than the render being really awful looking, is that if... If I'm a collector of the ECW line, and I am, 
I have one of everybody in that line. I don't have all the repaints because I don't really need a fucking purple shirt, Balls Mahoney, whose shirt says Mahoney on the front. That that doesn't. I get nothing out of owning that. I would want like the Blue Boy. I would want Meanie from like 2000, like when that line was still somewhat current. I don't want. I don't want this version of Meanie. I don't want Mikey in the liquid blue shirt with the fucking the do rag. I want like. I want like Mikey to go with Tajiri. That's like one of my biggest problems with this line. I do like, I'll say this though. I do like that. They're making Simon diamond and Joel Gertner. I think sign guy Dudley is a weird pick just because a line based on 99, 2000 ECW more specifically like 99, but you know, isn't it? Didn't that, that line start in 98 because maybe was it 99? Yeah, it was 99. Okay. But wouldn't Mikey would still fit in, right? Because he didn't, changes look really until like late 99 right am i remembering this correctly changes his look in like early 2000 when he pairs up with james mitchell so, i mean they could still release the you know the mikey that they've 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 got i mean that still fits in but you're right about the the blue meanie that that's after blue boy would make a lot more sense although i don't think people are as nostalgic for that so that's probably why they didn't you wouldn't go with something like that right right but i in terms of Mikey, that's just my preference because yeah. the Mikey I wanted to go with Tajiri when I was a kid sense. was like an unholy alliance Mikey. Yeah, and if you've got that Tajiri, then obviously you want that Mikey whip wreck as well, so that makes sense. From the digital meanie that they showed, it was sort of hard for me to... I can't really judge it on that. I need to see an actual prototype of the figure itself to get a good grasp of it because um, you don't know how things are going to change from that digital sculpt until the, the, the prototype of the actual figure. I wasn't really that is true. I wasn't really sold on that that digital like I, it, it didn't hit me in any way so and which is sad because I do want to collect these like I, I did start to collect ECW figures I've only got a few like Sabu RVD I think I have a Taz somewhere and uh, Landstorm so I wanted to get the rest of them and I, I don't need the different colors either but uh, I am super interested in these and I mean we'll see what happens I if they turn out like okay I'll probably buy the Simon Diamond because that was looking back now that that the stuff that we got in early 2000, like Bash of the Brawlers, Champion Clashers, Thrill Zone, that stuff was all clearly based on like late 99. Simon Diamond would have been one of the guys if the series would have existed later into 2000 and into like 01 when ECW died. Yeah, I, I've always liked his theme song. I don't think, I think he was a bad wrestler. He was a perfectly solid hand. I just, he's one of the guys I wanted when I was a kid because I wanted to have Mike Awesome fucking maul him. I think that's all for the Rush Collectibles uh, stuff. Uh, Chella Toys or Wrestling Trader, whichever incarnation you prefer to refer to them as. They did show off the Andre the Giant card back, which looks cool. I don't have any real complaints about that. It's kind of an awkward They showed off. The way his hand moves all the way to the other side of the card. Like, it takes up the card. Yeah, it's over the logo. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Eh, I'm not gonna buy it. Uh, I might, they're I still know. really. Eh, okay. I, I mean, like... it's. I don't think it's. I know people complained about the phase. I don't think it's terrible. Chella toys are, are cheaper than Zombie Sailor, so I don't expect the quality to be as what people expect from Zombie. I guess. So I, I might throw down a little bit money on it. I don't know. We'll see. That's fair. They're still going ahead with Rhythm and Blues Valentine, even though Mattel's doing one that's more accurate to the. So... Do you? Yeah. Any reason you opted for that, or was it before Mattel revealed that they were making one? 
I think it was afterwards, but the the cello just looked like better quality to me. Like the I have all the, the not all of them, but I have a, a lot of the WWE retros, and they're just not there. Like I brought it up before, but like the the Jim Neidhart being skinny as hell, and I looked at the cello Valentine, and I looked at the WWE retro. And I just thought like the the cello was offering more detail in it. I thought the face looked better on it. Um, so I mean, I'll, I'll to be honest with you, I'll probably get the WWE retro as well. Um, I don't know why because I don't think the it comes with what Lex Luger, which I don't think looks very good from what they showed. Uh, dying uh, tugboat. But I'm a yeah, sucker, and... I'm a sucker for Hasbro, so. Yeah, but the tugboat looks like shit. It's true. Like I, I, I can't defend my purchase. I get these, and I'm just like, like the last one with the uh, the Hard Foundation, uh, Jimmy Hart, and Crazy was the last one. Nikolai Volkov. Nikolai Volkov. Like, yeah. Vol- Volkov, Terrible. Volkov was the most generic, and it's probably the best figure out of the bunch. Like Jimmy Hart is super wide and and weird shaped, and so was Nightheart and Bret Hart. Just sort of is not a great likeness. So I don't know. I'm an idiot. What can I say? Speaking of Jimmy Hart being super white, just as an aside, have you ever have you ever heard the legend of the black Jimmy Hart figure? No. Oh wait. So apparently, the San Francisco Toymakers Series One WCW, there's a factory error, and there's like a ton of Jimmy Harts out there that are like he's like black. Yeah, I think I do remember this. The Season One Simpson Smithers of Jimmy Hart figures. Yeah, it, it's apparently like a super rare figure. And I don't know if I want it because of, of that fact or just the idea that somebody got the fucking skin tone for Johnny B. Bad mixed up with Jimmy Hart. That's hilarious. Is so hilarious that I have to have it on my shelf. But yeah, that's a that's a thing that exists. They showed off the digital render for the uh Chella Toys Warlord. It's I don't like how the abs look. It looks like the like underbelly from it. Like the big spider at the end. That's I'm not going like, to buy it, so I it doesn't need, matter. I need to see more of those as well. I need to see more. Because Powers of Pain is something that uh, I would definitely be interested in. We saw sketches of a British Bulldogs 2-pack in the baby blue tights. None of the molds from the previous Dynamite Kid are being reused on this. Which is reassuring because I, I thought that figure was garbage and i regretted buying it me too now. i'm gonna wait to see what these look like yeah i mean if this this one ends up being a lot better which i just judging from the sketches but who knows based on sketches but now i definitely wish that i didn't purchase that dynamite because it's not a great figure no it's it's fucking horrendous yeah uh we saw a sketch for ddp apparently this is going to be a retro figure that comes with a removable soft goods shirt and interchangeable arms that's too much, I think. Do do the DDP and wrestling gear, and then do the diamond cutter pose variant later. What are they? Gonna, I, I don't need removable arms. What are they going to be if they're removable? Do you think it'll be like magnetized? Because I've got like customs that are like that, but I guess they're like three D. I'm guessing. I'm guessing either that or they're going to be like um, how the Ultimate Edition arms are. They like peg in. I don't know that. That seems really ambitious. I would rather they just do the two different figures. Personally, got no interest in DDP because he doesn't fit the WWF. Like, I'm trying to get anything between pre-Hasbro, that LGN period, up until, like, the Attitude Era. So, yeah, I'm not interested in DDP. Although the sketch looks good, so... Yeah, it looks great. I have no interest in that figure. Um, 
we did see a junk shop dog 3d render of the sensational intelligent destroyer yes which is awesome i need to get caught up on their figures but i'm all for destroyer merch being made it looks great uh he's even got like the missing teeth he's got the little like facial expression under the mask just stellar work all around um we saw the asylum all-stars remco style figures of the road warriors and earl hebner and also i guess the head sculpts for buff bagwell and scott norton these look cool they're cheap they're 25 dollars I'm not expecting like a high end line from these, but those road warriors are very, very nice. I don't like, I don't like Hebner being a generic body with like soft goods thrown over it. Cause that's like a little two figures toy company for me. Yeah. But by the same token, like I'm, I'm not going to complain too hard about it. It is what it is. I don't have any interest in the rum cause, to be honest. I I don't really either. Well, I take that back. I have an interest in some of the WWE superstars figures because they're they're really neat. But also, I I need to downsize the collection, not start collecting another style of figures. I say, knowing full well when I get paid this coming week, I'm probably gonna grab a couple of the superstars figures. It is what it is. I wonder how these are gonna sell though, because I don't know about you, but anytime I go to Walmart, I don't have any trouble finding the WWE superstars. So. Well, I haven't been in a Walmart in... When the fuck was the last time I was in a Walmart? Uh, was like last June? Time. I think June was the last time I was in a Walmart. But also, when I was in that Walmart in June, I found about a million of the fucking Mad Hatter Bray Wyatts. So. Somebody bought the Mae Young that was at my Walmart, and I wonder who. What kind of sick Mark Henry. would... <laughs> Maybe. If history is any indication, it would appear... I uh I really like how the like Macho Man Superstars figure looks. That's that's one that I kind I I saw the Rick Rude was revealed in like the little round of reveals they did on WWE.com. I thought he looked really cool. I think they showed an Earthquake who has like a removable singlet for some reason. Got to see what's under there. Oh, he it's just like um he has like the natural disaster singlet on, but if you take it off, it's like a um like the blue singles Earthquake singlet. I have no nostalgia from the Ramcos, and they're kind of awkwardly... They're just awkward-looking to me. I, I keep seeing them, and I'm like, well, maybe I'd pick up the NWO, but I, at the same time, I don't really need to, so I don't know. I always pass up on them. I really want to get the Papa Shango. It's a cool-looking figure. Also, Papa Shango was, like, the first figure my mom ever got me out of a catalog. It was from uh, Figures Incorporated, which later became Wrestling Superstore, which owns Figures Toy Company. But yeah, I was like four, and my mom's like, yeah, I'm going to send these people a check, and you'll you'll get something in the mail, which was like the most foreign concept in the world to me. Now that's how like I do most of my shopping, is I, I send people money from my debit card, and they send me shit through the mail. I don't have to actually go and do any shopping, thankfully. Yeah. But like I've always loved the Papa Shango character. Yeah, I, I, I gave a friend uh, my Papa Shango Pazbro because he was ill and I was like, and he was talking about it one day at work and I was like, you know what, I'll just take it off the top of my fridge and give it to him. So my nice friend guy. Scott my friend Scott uh, 20 years ago accidentally broke my Papa Shango Hasbro. Did you break Scott? And I was getting ready to say that that kid was like my the closest thing to an older brother really that I would have had in terms of my friend group. 
I almost whooped that boy's ass for oh, that yeah. one. I was I was so mad. Cause like he's got the spring loaded arm. You can't just put that fucker back on. No. That's not how that works. The mechanism is broken off inside. Like my mom was like, Well, can we put him back together? And I kind of looked at it and I was like, Mom, we're gonna have to like take him apart. And I don't think we're gonna be able to get him back together if we take him apart. And mom was like, well, I guess you don't have Papa Sean go anymore. And I was like, that was not the resolution I was hoping we were going to come to here. <laughs> I, was, I was hoping I was hoping for a little bit happier ending than, oh, shit, I guess you don't have him anymore, huh? <laughs> Which, I mean, that was the era where, like, my mom was fielding, like, hey, can I get, can I get this Hasbro, this Hasbro, and this Hasbro from uh, off eBay, like, questions from me on a daily fucking basis and i just found a seller that has the dibiase and the mankind and the papa shango superstars figures can you can you no longer do the request total from seller thing on uh on ebay um no you you, actually yeah you can because there was something i bought the other day and it had that option oh can you just not do it on the app maybe not no uh, so you mean I gotta remember my fucking eBay password? Uh, also, we'll talk about the couple more figure-related things, and we'll wrap this up. Uh, the Coliseum Collection landed at my house. The Terry Funk and Hulk Hogan. It's a tremendous little two-pack. Still available. Mattel Creations, seventy dollars. And the second wave, we got a way better look at because somebody somehow illegally obtained the prototypes or factory samples. Um, Jake Roberts looks great. Rick Rude looks. Ricky looks good. I don't like the head sculpt. It's it's a little weird looking, like how they painted the eyes on him. But on the whole, I think both those figures look great. The Bendy Damien looks awesome. Yeah. I will be buying those like right when they go up. I would, but they're just too expensive for me, unfortunately. They they gotta figure out a fucking way to ship stuff to Canada and not have it cost an arm and a leg, because like. The, the fucking warehouse that fulfills Mattel Creations orders is in Pennsylvania. Like, that's not... No. <laughs> that's... It's not like they're shipping the shit to you from fucking California. That's that's horse shit. No. I, I like the potential of that line. I think when uh, we talked about the Rude and Roberts reveal on the show, I was, I was, I was very happy about them. And um, I, I really... This, this line needs to be how we get the... I don't necessarily want to call somebody like Roddy Piper a second tier legend, but it's obvious they don't view him on the same level as like the big ones like Hulk, which they should. I want this line to be how we get Piper. Unfortunately, if we get Piper, it's going to be the all red gear from the LJN line that he never actually wore. But at this point, an ultimate Roddy Piper is an ultimate Roddy Piper. I'll fucking take what I can get. Yeah, and he'd come with the kilt and everything, so that would work out pretty well. What else would they release from that line? I'm trying to think. Ricky Steamboat, uh, Andre the Giant, Big John Stud. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily be crazy about an Ultimate Edition Big John Stud, but I'll take it. They've got Sheik and Volkov under deals still. They've got uh, they've got Don Morocco under a Legends deal. They got Paul Orndorff under a Legends deal. They've Warriors. got the Heart Foundation. Yeah, um, I was convinced if they did Rude, they were going to do him with Warrior, and then they they said, "Fuck you, we're giving you Jake Roberts." I think they they could have put root of like Bobby Heenan as well, but I guess maybe that wouldn't be as such a big seller. It will also like doesn't how does an Ultimate Edition manager work? Do they really do you really need a suited Ultimate Edition figure? 
No, not really. But I want slick. Give me slick. Yeah, the whole zombie sailor is going to be giving us slick in series three whenever that actually comes out. Did you, you know what? The, I feel uh, really bad. I didn't. I didn't fucking. I didn't pre-order anything from series two of Zombie Sailor, and I really wanted to. But like switching jobs, like literally right when those went up. What are you gonna do? I think you can wait for for uh, pro wrestling tees. Is, is it not cheaper to get them through there with shipping and everything? It is for me. It might be actually, yeah. Yeah, I got my Dino Bravo, so. But did you get the Earl Hebner? I didn't. I was thinking about it, and I was like, oh, I'll just get one at this time. I'm. Uh, they may go back up at some point because, yeah, I think he's probably got more in storage. So. He did do another round for Black Friday of like ones that had like dinged up cards or like small paint imperfections. And it's so a, it's I mean, not something I, I really need, but whatever. No, I I would argue I don't need the one I have either. <laughs> I was going to, from Series 2, I would have probably picked up, like, Andre and and King Kong Bundy. The Andre looks amazing. Yeah. I I wanted the Brody because it's Brody, but at the same time, like, it's a $5 difference between a Bruiser Brody and a style of figure that I'm not, like, super interested in having him in. Sorry. Or for five dollars more, I can get like a seven-inch Brody I can put on my shelf with like my Mattel Legends. Yeah, I don't think the the likeness on Brody for the Zombie Sailor is, is that great, as opposed to the Power Town, which, as you just said, seven-inch and it looks fantastic. So I liked the Brody head sculpt a lot better on the Zombie one before I saw it painted. That that looked incredible before there was paint, and even with the paint on it, I don't think it's a bad likeness. Like I know. I know, like, what picture they're going for with it. I just, again, when you look at the million options we now have for wrestling figures, the price has to come into, like, uh, consideration at some point. And, like, yeah, it's $40 versus 45 but am I going to put Brody in the ring with my fucking Hasbros on my shelf? No. No. He doesn't fit. So am I going to put him out there with my Carapro figures? No, because I already have a Carapro Bruiser Brody. The 7-inch Brody's more functional for my collection, both like from a, how do I put this? From a logical standpoint, because I don't I have a custom Mattel Elite Bruiser Brody on my shelf that's getting replaced when I get the Power Town one, but also just like financially, it makes more sense for me to invest in something that like, it has a purpose in my collection, rather than like the box of figures in my closet that I bought just because they were good figures. Like you're just throwing money away at that point. Like why, why do I have the fucking Andrade ringside exclusive? This is a good figure. It's kind of pointless. And I, Oh, a Jazzware showed an MJF figure in green trunks during the, uh, the full gear paper viewer after I oh, saw that. Great. I won't buy that. <laughs> Yeah, I I have the Blood and Guts MJF, and I have the Series 2 MJF. It's probably all I need. They, they've they been... The way they handle their action figures mirrors how they handle the video game in terms of, like, they'll go months without saying shit, and then you get, like, a little bit of information, and then, boom, cut off immediately again. They that really, stuff is so frustrating. They really do need to hire, like, a, a new PR person or something, because... 
they're not very good with advertising their media at all. And you would you would think for a company where like one of the big things that people said about the Bucks for years, and they're right, is those guys knew how to like hustle and get people to buy their merch. You'd think the company their fucking executive vice presidents of would be a little bit better at this shit. You know, one thing I was I was thinking of when I was watching like the Attitude uh, era is how WWF, WCW, ECW all had like commercials for their t-shirts and stuff and wwf wwe still does like the advertised shop for aew you don't see any like commercials or anything advertising their t-shirts you just get like excalibur running like the the deals on the on dynamite yeah the lower third yeah like you you have some designs that i'm sure you could like put a a quick commercial together to advertise like an elite t-shirt or something in the style maybe not exactly like nwo but you know something like that and they just don't do it. No, they they absolutely need to fix that. And I hope when we do the show next week, there's more Fight Forever news. Nice. I'm I'm desperately hoping. Yeah, they hinted on the All Elite Arcade that there would be more stuff very soon. So maybe maybe Wednesday we'll find out. Probably not. Who knows? I hope so. Um, but it's it's going to be interesting. I, I still think the game looks fantastic. I'm not super warm on the actual AEW product right now. Me either. But uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we get a release date soon. I'm I'm confident that game's going to be worth the money. I just need it put in front of me finally. Get your shit together, AEW. Yeah, Nick Sobic, you big concussed asshole with a fantastic head of hair. That I saw in that picture from the Tokyo Game Show. Get shit together. I've been waiting two years for this goddamn game. It's been 80 years, actually. That's it titan- fucking feels like that's it. Titanic- they announced that shit. That's a Titanic reference for all you kids out there. <laughs> it really does feel like it, because they announced that sort of like at the, the apex of the pandemic, like holiday season 2020. And it was like, oh, God. This game's probably not too far away. <laughs> and then Kenny Kenny on that uh, the first two-point show, which was taped in 2020, but they didn't air it when they intended to because of the Bruiser uh, Brody Jesus, the Brody Lee Celebration of Life. Uh, they pushed it back a week. Kenny said, like, you know, maybe next year, if not the year after. Well, it's the year after now. <laughs> that fucking thing ain't coming out this year. But uh, it is coming out next year. We do know that. THQ Nordic's already said that. It's just a matter of when. And February seems to be when. So hopefully next week when we do this, we'll have an update. But for Ligerbusa, I'm Mongo. And this was episode six of Critical. I hope we didn't take up too much of your time. And we'll see you next week to talk about like a bunch of really bad WCW games and like two really good ones. Ciao.